You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So this are, these are some Hilchos Pesach from Rebel Yoshev. Um, they once had a special uh, asifa of the Bet Din Sheiros Yisrael. And I assume Rebel Yoshev was one of the members of that Bezdin. And they had a special asifa determining Hilchos Pesach Sheilos. And the question was, Let's say there's a certain type of cream that in the cream is a chametz item that has been dissolved. So Rabbi Yoshev said that even according to the Ashkenazim, you can use those creams on your body. It was before Pesach was already mixed in. It became posel. It's, it's taruvais. You, you can't eat it. So don't say because he wants to, he wants that, even if that ingredient is crucial for the cream to stick together, there's no problem using it. However, what about, and again, you need to know about the old-fashioned cigarettes. It seems like in the old-fashioned cigarettes that they had, we talked about this a number of years ago, they would roll them in special paper, the tobacco in special paper, and the paper um, had had some sort of uh, grain alcohol that sort of kept it together. Sir Yoshev said that smoking those cigarettes is a problem of chametz on Pesach. So they asked him, "Wait, before Pesach, it's it's already." The, the material was the, the grain alcohol went into this paper and the, it dried up. It all, it, it got completely tough. It's, it's before Pesach. It's not really, it's hard. It's a material. It's not really chametz. Shabbat Yashiv said that whenever you stick any sort of material, even though before Pesach it had already become mixed and it had already become tough and already become hard, and a dog wouldn't eat it. But if you stick it in your mouth on Pesach, that's a problem. And that's the reason why, you know, people um, are mockbid on um, toothpaste. You know, you would say, toothpaste? Come on, you know, whatever was mixed in there was way before Yontif. It was already Bato. We are machmir about things being chozer v'niyor, even if they were bottled from before, if you put it back into your mouth. If you put it into your mouth, that's a problem. In fact, Rabbi Yoshev said that you should really, and again, maybe the cigarettes today, this psak wouldn't apply, but Rabbi Yoshev said you have to worry about an air of Pesach as well. Not just during Pesach. Um, what about medication? So, in medication, you again there it really depends what the purpose is. If it's if you're a chola, uh, she, that that you would be chola kol gufa without the medication, right? There's three levels, right? One is oh, it doesn't feel so good. The other is 
you'll be in bed, you'll have terrible headaches, you're not going to function properly. So there, Isurei Derabonon, which this basically is, because it's not Midaraisa, Isurei Derabonon get pushed away for a chola she'ein bosakona. So that's what I would say. Um, still, since you are putting into your mouth, I know that Rabbi Yosha doesn't write this here, but some posts can say that it's better to uh, wrap a little piece of paper around the pill or something like that. So it should make it that it's, it's, it's totally not the way it's going into your system. If you can, if you can handle that, but if you're not able to, you should be able to, to, if it was bottled from before, you should be able to use it. But again, you know, we are mocked and trying to find, you know, as you can see, when it comes to toothpaste and other things, uh, what we can do. But if this is the medication you need, I would say that it doesn't become chomets daraisa. I, I, I don't believe so. I think it's only a chumr de rabbanan. Um what about selling this chametz? So Rebel Yoshev says, yeah, you're right. You should sell the cigarettes, these, these paparosin or these medicines to be part of the mechira, even though it's, 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 it's possible. Now, it's interesting that this psaka Rebel Yoshev um, is so, seemingly contradicted by Rabbi Yaakov Emden, who quotes... Uh, he says he remembers that his father, the great Chacham Tzvi, we've talked about him often, Paskin clearly about these cigarettes, that you don't have to sell them, and he said you can smoke on Pesach as well. And the reason is, because even before Pesach, it already became bottle. Um, However, the Alter Rebbe and the Shulchan Aruch HaRav and the Mishnabura seem to align with Rebbe Yoshev as far as this goes. But Lachari, you have what to be mekel here, even on something you put into your mouth, So especially, I would say, when it comes to medicine, you could be so mech on that. That's what I would say. But Rebbe Yoshev didn't say that. Uh, Kivalevich is saying that. Okay. Some more halachos. Um, there's a sheet that's shown him that we're choshesh for. That's the Rabbeinu Yerucham. Now he says like this. Normally we say chometz becomes bottle before Pesach because it's mixed up. It's betaruvais. Let's say you want that, even though in terms of percentage, there's much more non-chametz than there is chametz. But let's say you want that part that's the chametz there. It's significant for you. You wrote Zibikiyumo, then we don't, then we say it's it's as if it's not bottle. That's the sheet of Rabbeinu Yerucham in general when it comes to Yisurim. So now the following question came up. There was a person in the hospital, or let's say he's at home. Either way, he has an IV that is putting into his system chametz, meaning there's a certain, I don't know, um, uh, 
Sheila, you know what what's in these things better than I do. This is like a, uh, it's a some sort of, you know, medic. It's, it's like a boost for his whole uh, health system, and part of it, let's say, is some sort of chametz material that's in there. So, what's the purpose for it? Because it actually, um, the chametz around it, maybe it's some sort of uh, um, um, uh, agent that is able to keep it fresh and working. And this way, this chola, who isn't able to eat normally, is able to have this material work within his body. Okay. The question here is, not whether the chola can have it. Yes, of course, we don't want him to die. We don't want him to become malnutritioned. But is it a problem owning that chametz? Right? Is there a problem? The fact is, is that it's not bottle. So lechora, that those bags that are now attached to this person that that the home health worker attaches, it's part of their ingredients as chametz. So even though he needs it, and there's no question that he's not over the issue of eating chametz, because it's going into his body through a through a, a vein. He's not over Achilas Hametz. And clearly he has a heter to use it on Pesach. But the question is, before he uses it, he's owning this Hametz. So he's, is he over Baal of owning Hametz? So Rabbi Yoshev came up with an Eitzah. Rabbi Yoshev says, sell it to a guy. In other words, you can sell as part of the Mechira, you're selling these bags that uh, that have the the bags that this liquid gel, whatever it is, not a gel, but this liquid stuff that goes into a system that has chametz as part of its essential ingredients. So you sell it to a guy, but you write in the star that it's the guy's, but the guy is giving you a right to use it on Pesach. And he says that's the way you should sell. That's what you should say. So they asked Rabbi Yosef of Scheinberger, asked Rabbi Yosef Shol Shein, Rabbi Yosef Scheinberger, asked Rabbi Yosef. He says, "What kind of sale is that? It's one thing if you sell items and they, they're at, they're in a side room, uh, they're under the shelf somewhere, they're in the basement, and you're not using them. You put up a mechitza. Technically, the guy, if he makes the second payment." Would, own, would be able to take it home. In fact, he owns it now because he makes an original uh, down payment. But over here, you're selling him these um, IV bags and then you're using them. So Yoshev said, <laughs> he says, no, it's the opposite. He says, normally you think about the sale. If you think about the sale, most sales, it looks like a phony. It looks like a harama. It doesn't look like a real sale. Because what's going to happen? What's going to happen is, is that the guy put down 20 cents, or whatever it was, a dollar or two, and then he ends up uh, never getting it back, and everybody uses their chametz exactly the way it was. But here, you write in the sale that you're selling him the IV bag, and that's the guy's. And and the chayla is is being nana 
from chametz that belongs to a guy. So it's like the guy is is it's like the guy is feeding him. So the the guy was definitely the owner. Where the chametz sat there in the basement and nobody touched it, and everything goes back exactly the way it was. Rav Yashav says it looks it looks like less of a sale. It looks like a phony. Yeah, technically it's a sale. Halakhically, you can't deny it. But for the optics of the people looking on it, they're going to say, that's not a sale. But over here, you 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 sell it to the guy and the, with the right that, the, that you give the right to use the IV bags. So the guy is, is being a nice guy. So Rabbi Yashem says it's actually a better sale. However, Rabbi Yashem says you don't have to sell them separately. Whatever the star is, you, you put that in as well, but you just write the tanai that you'll be able to use them. You don't have to write a separate accounting for it. Rabbi Yoshev was asked if, um, you know, people who are renting apartments over Pesach, or even in general, um, right before Pesach, and you know they're not going to be Mavar the Chomets. So is that a problem? Aren't you being machshal them? Do you have to go clean it in advance to make sure? In other words, you know that it becomes the rishus of the of the of the renter, and you know this renter doesn't care. So maybe you need to, you know, to make sure there's no chametz in there. He says you don't have to worry about it. Um. The truth is, is that that's not a lift either. And uh, so Rebel Yoshev felt there was no problem as far as doing that. Again, Rebel Yoshev, as you can see from Moshe, from the um, IV bags, probably Rebel Yoshev would say the same thing about the medicines that have chomets. You should sell them to the goy. Um, and therefore, even though there might if be... If you sell them to the guy, how are you going to use them on... Uh, you can, because you make a tana, you're able to use it. <laughs> so you sell it, then you write in the star that, you, that, that the guy allows you to, to use his stuff. And that, that would be okay. And, and, and they asked Rabbi Yashem, what about when you eat it? Uh, is, isn't that like a Kenyan? She said, that's only if it's not usher to eat. If you eat, Taisa says that when you eat something, that's a mice Kenyan. That's if you are eating something that, that's, that's not usher. But here, the Achila doesn't give you bias on it. So it's like you're being nana from something from the guy. That would be the best Eitzah uh, in terms of that. In terms of you, the Chomets is in your house. It's owned by the guy, And you can still take the medicine from that. So... A question that was asked to Rebel Yoshev was about using tap water. Um, and what's the problem? What's wrong with using tap water? Well, in the Azor of Gush Dan, um, the tap water that they use 
is coming from the Yam Kinneret. I, I assume that it goes through filtering and stuff like that, but the actual source for the water is the Yam Kinneret. So don't you have to be worried that some Hametz fell into the water and we know there's no bit of Amashu on Pesach. So there's a little bit of Hametz in your tap water because for sure some, some people threw bread in there or something else and it got absorbed and there's probably, even if it's a microscopic amount, So Rebbe Yoshev says, no, that's not what Amashu means. Amashu doesn't mean like the tiniest, like, oh, there was some bread there and it dissolved and in some millionth of a part. That's not what Mashu means. He says that Masha Osir Bamashu, it doesn't mean, oh, well, some water, right? Some, since some bread fell in there, some bird dropped a, 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 a crumb, it, it therefore then somehow dissolved and some of those particles made their way into the water and into the pipes, he says, that's Ein Ladoversof. You don't have to be worried about uh, about any sort of tap water or anything like that in, in terms of there might have been some bread that fell in before uh, during before Pesach and now you're opening the tap. And we talk about Chometz being bottled from before Pesach. So... You can see around here, I didn't shut off the uh, the camera. You can see that uh, I live up here. Sometimes I even eat up here, as you can see. And I have Svarim. So I learn, I eat. So there's probably crumbs in many of the Svarim that I have up here. Now, <laughs> over, the, over, the, uh, the, the, over a year or two's time, that little crumb is probably not exactly edible. Um, there's probably dirt and other stuff on the page. So do you really have to be bodic to Svarim? Do we have to go, even though you, again, there are people who won't eat near their Svarim at all. I applaud them. <laughs> I don't know how much they learn. <laughs> but if you if you need to, if, especially, again, I'm not saying that it's a mile to eat, you know, when you're learning. And I don't, you know, I don't eat over everything, but it's normal to, if you're learning and eating. So do you do do you have to now be bitek your svarim? I, I, I have thousands of svarim. Do you have to be bitek them? So Yashiv says, Mikra din, you don't have to, because they're bottle. They're bottle in your das. Uh, but the minag is to do it, and if you're yari devar Hashem. You'll take the time to do it, but really make it right then. You don't have to. Um, in fact, Rabbi Yosha was asked about it. What do you have to protect every page? He said, "Look, the svarim that you are planning on using, maybe shake them out." Another, of course, you never know. I never know what safer I'm going to need. But if you have a certain sense that these are the svarim you're going to have, these hagodas, the shulchan aruch. Okay, so maybe those are the ones, and you know you eat near your svarim. So those are the ones that maybe you should check. Um, they asked Rabbi Yoshev, all right. We know the minag is to be bodic then. Um, should, you what a, should you include it in the mechira? Should that be included in mechira's comics? 
that was the Chazanisha's uh, minag. The Chazanisha also knew there were crumbs in Sfarim. What he would do was he would include them in the, the in, in the um, in the Mechiras Chometz. The Alter Rebbe writes specifically that you do have to check for pirurim. Um, however, um, they have to be somewhat large. So even though the Alter Rebbe says you're looking for pirurim, the Chayotim says the reason why we take the candle into the smallest nooks and crannies is to find crumbs. However, they need to be crumbs that are significant of some, but a little tiny crumb, even though you're happy when you find it by the Bedika, is probably not what the Chayodam and the Alter Rebbe were talking about. And you can see from Rebbe Yosha, the old Meikar Adin, that if these crumbs have been sitting in Sfarim like that, it's, it's not a real Chiv, it's only a, a Zafrumkite to do, especially if you're pressed for time. But still, it's a, he's not saying it's a bad thing. Now, uh, um, you know, the, um, they asked Rabbi Yosha about somebody that was leaving uh, to America or somewhere outside Eretz Yisrael on Sunday before Pesach. So he's doing B'dikas Chometz on Moitzei Shabbos. So when should he do B'dikas Chometz? So Rabbi Yoshev said do it normally but make regular Avdala with proper Kavana and then you go and do the bedika. In fact, again, and in fact, he said that if you don't make avdolah, if you start just doing the bedika as soon as you get home from shul on Mitzvah Shabbos, it's technically still Shabbos by you, even though you you say atachan antono. So, no, definitely make avdolah. Do it normal. Don't have to eat the malka. You should go right away and do bedika, but you don't have to rush. In such a in, in such a manner. Okay, we'll end tonight just with two halachos of of achivas matzah. We talked; these are some halachos tonight we did about bedikas chometz and uh, mechiras chometz. Um, in achivas matzah, it's not easy for some people to eat matzah. Um, today, I. Uh, on my way back from my wife's shot for her second uh, dose, we stopped at a Jewish grocery store for my for my son to be able to be mekayim the mitzvah chivas matzah with oat matzah, since he he can't eat gluten. Um, it's an expensive item, oat matzah. I don't know if you've ever priced it out, um, and I don't know how much of it he's going to eat. And I think my wife might try it. I think she tried uh, as well, and it was very hard for her. So when someone, it's tough to eat the matzah, like someone who's pushing themselves to eat oat matzah. 
and all you have is an exact kezayas. So the question is, you put an exact kezayas, you get it ready, and now you chew it, but you don't swallow it all. There's always going to be something in between your teeth. So maybe you're missing the shear. The little crumbs, we talk about little crumbs of hummets before. What about little crumbs of matzah little, uh, that, that get stuck between your teeth? You, 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 you get the exact amount of a kezayis. Is it possible you weren't Yotze the mitzvah? So Yashem says the question is not a question. You ate a kezayis. When anyone, when most people, whenever they eat, if they have teeth, there's going to be particles that go and stay in between their teeth. That doesn't mean they didn't eat the kezayis. They ate it. Now, it's true. Most of what you eat, you swallow. And it's understood that the kezayis is never every single particle of what you eat gets into your system directly through. Some of it will stay in your teeth. Eventually, I guess, you know, you're, you'll, you'll, the saliva and stuff will, you know, you'll work it out and maybe some of it will get swallowed. Maybe some of it you'll brush your teeth or gargle and you'll spit it out. But that's called eating a kezayis. So you don't have to worry about, um, you have to worry about that, about the stuff that's in between the teeth. You can see Yosham didn't have much patience with these, with these questions. But they're good questions because they really bring out the Seichel Yosham of, of Rebel Yosham in terms of, in terms of how, to, how, how to look at things properly. Um, Rav Scheinberger asked Rebel Yosham, in general, uh, when you have a machine matzah, let's say, what's the sheer kezayis to be yotzei achilas matzah menatayra? So he says that the normal machine matzah size, um, if a person, it's tough for him to eat, half of the matzah, half of the machine matzah, well, Yoshev felt, would be, you would be the kezayis. Um, if you're not a chayva, it's not, then two-thirds of a machine matzah. But l'chorah, half of machine matzah is already a kezayis menatayra, and uh, you could be Yotze. I don't know if Rav Moshe and Rav David Feinstein have the same shear, but uh, I know it's close. I know Rav, Dov, I know Rav David Feinstein and his Kol Dodi Haggadah had like a, the back of the Haggadah, it had a sort of like a, a place where you could, he had like a, a way to measure your matzah. I remember my cold Dodi Agoda was always, it was always, I was, it had a lot of matzah crumbs on it because I would be measuring the matzah based on, you know, like he would write, he would show you where it was about how much uh, of the matzah would have to be a, uh, would have to be the, the kezayis. So a, a half of a of machine matzah, I would say, if it's really tough on you, uh, you it would be, uh, would be enough. Terms of being a kind of Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.